This is Tanner Today. I'm Trish Wood. This is Tammy Peterson. This is Curtis Stone. This is Quick Tick McDick. This is Akira the Don, and you're listening to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Happy Wednesday. How's everybody doing today? Guardian Plumbing and Heating, that's Blaine and Joy Stefan. Uh, they are home of the Guardian Power Station, bringing free electricity to everyone, as well as reliable off-grid solutions, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and beyond. They want to make sure that everybody has a safe Christmas and a Merry Christmas at that. If you're looking for... Uh, you know, anything to do with electricity or to schedule your next appointment at any time, just go to guardianplumbing.ca. Caleb Taves, Renegade Acres, they want to help make sure you know all about tomorrow night at the Vic Juba Theater, the essential or replaceable parent project, apologies, is going to be there December 7th, uh, 7 p.m., Vic Juba Theater, that's Shauna Sandell. That is the next for the kids' sake uh, uh Sit down, and we're hoping that you will come find us there. Silver Gold Bolt, they're North America's premier precious metals dealer. I want you to listen to this, okay? I'm about to rattle off a bunch of things, and at the end, there's some things that I need you to listen to, okay? So with state-of-the-art distribution centers in Calgary and Las Vegas, Silver Gold Bolt ensures fast, fully insured, discreet shipping right to your doorstep, and they offer a diverse set of services, including buyback, wholesale, registered savings, that's RRSPs and TFSAs, as well as storage and refining solutions. Now, here's something new, okay? This is new. If you're a listener, we have our own rep. It's Mr. Graham. You can email him at snp at silvergoldbull.com. No worries, I'm going to toss it in the show notes. I need your help on this because I was like, yeah, I've been everywhere I go, I seem to talk about Silver Gold Bull. And actually just silver and gold. So they say, whether it's talking about investing in precious metals or just to say thank you for supporting the podcast, there's details in the show notes. So even if you haven't bought from them, but you want to say thank you for supporting the show, I want you to email smp at silvergoldbull.com. That's down in the show notes. Please do that. That would really help me out and uh, I would really appreciate it. Finally, don't forget, with Christmas just around the corner, Nothing would make a better stocking stuffer for that loved one. Somebody's catching on here. Silver Gold Bull must have been listening to me talk about this. You know, a few ounces of silver, a sweet collectible coin from their huge catalog. And uh, just so you know, the last day of shipping for them is December 19th. So get in touch with Graham ASAP. That's down in the show notes. So in the show notes, one way or another, I would appreciate it if you guys emailed uh, Graham and just said, hey, thanks, or ask some questions. Either way, I'm, I'm super cool with it. Deer and Steer Butchery, they're fast-growing custom cutting and wrapper, uh, wrapping butchery located near Lloydminster. They focus on high-quality, uh, locally sourced meats with unparalleled customer service who are proud to be from this community. They're cur- currently seeking a dedicated and experienced butcher to join them, and not just as an employee, but as a partner. If that is you, reach out, 780-870-8700. Finally, let's get on to that Tale of the Tape brought to you by Hancock Petroleum. For the past 80 years, they've been an industry leader uh, in bulk fuels, lubricants, methanol, and chemicals delivering to your farm, commercial, or oil field locations. For more information, visit them at hancockpetroleum.ca. He is a Canadian prophet and consultant. He goes by the name The Canadian Hammer. I'm talking about Barry Wunsch. So buckle up. Here we go. Well, welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast today. I'm joined by Barry Wunsch. So, uh, sir, thanks for uh, 
I don't know, making the trip here and, and doing this. Uh, Sean, I tell you, it is my honor to be here. Uh, you actually have met a couple of my friends. Uh, Steve Holstrom is one, and Grant Abraham is another. And, uh, you know, I never heard of you until, you know, I heard kind of, you know, through those boys, uh, you know, a little bit about you. And so I just honor you for what you do. No, oh, I appreciate that. You know, it's funny. I, I was going to say, normally I have my hair combed. Today I grabbed a hat out of the back. <laughs> I learned through COVID that if uh, Sean doesn't move his, his body, so like I, I play noon hour hockey. Okay. And I get to play it, uh, you know, anywhere in between once to, you know, as high as three times a week. And when I'm doing that, like, you know, the body appreciates you, you know. And yeah, uh, yeah. through COVID, uh, I lost some of that. And for, I think everybody can understand why. And um, I didn't realize how much of uh, moving my body really means to me, you know, and, and being able to be active and everything else. So when you're like, I can be here at this time, I'm like, can we push it to this time right here? Because as soon as I get done, I'll race over here. No time to comb the hair. So I slapped on the old hat from in the vehicle that rides around with me everywhere. But uh, it's, it's funny because uh, Grant was in here like, I don't know, a week ago. Okay. And he sat in that chair and he goes, you know who you should interview is Barry. And I'm like, okay, well, who's Barry? You know, and he's telling me a little bit about you. So whatever, he, you know, he lines it up and then he sends me your number so we can touch base. Yep. And I go to text you and it comes up the Canadian hammer. And I start laughing. I'm like, really? Because <laughs> I'd saved your number in my, in my, uh, in, in the phone. And for, for the audience, I forget who, was it one of your kids? I, my, my son, Nolan. So his son reaches out and says, hey, have you ever heard of the Canadian hammer? I'm like. How, before he even said anything, I'm like, how do you get that name? Well, why don't you call and ask him? All right. So I called thinking you knew who I was. No he, idea. Yeah. And Barry answered the phone and I go, hey, Canadian Hammer, how's it going? He goes, good. Who's this? I'm like, Sean Newman. Who's that? And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I thought I thought I was like kind of walking into like your son sitting beside you, like whatever. Yeah. So it's it's been an interesting journey from my side. You know, some days you're like, how on earth did I get to sitting here? So um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, tell me a little bit about Barry. That's that's my introduction to the audience on how on earth this happened. It happens by some days I have zero control over this thing, and I'm uh, I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. The Canadian Hammer, uh, you know, is kind of a, a name that I, I picked up uh, years ago. You know, we're actually in pull, a meeting. Sorry, Barry, pull that mic right into you. If you're going to lean back, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll do that. My back is a little tender today, so I'll just, I'll try and just assume the, the position. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that that name, the Canadian Hammer, uh, years ago, I'm talking 30 years ago, we were in a, in a meeting and, uh, you know, for those that, you know, may be unaware, uh, you know, God still speaks today. And, you know, he speaks through, you know, gifts and that he gives people and sometimes through dreams and sometimes, you know, he'll give, give words of knowledge or people will know things they shouldn't know. So we're in this meeting and this guy calls me and he says, you're a hammer. And, uh, and what, what meeting is this? Sorry. I'm so, so we're, so we're at a meeting. It's actually, uh, we're actually in a church and, uh, it's a bunch of musicians and that they're kind of working with. And, uh, this guy calls me out and he says, you're a hammer. And, uh, you know, only like a hammer picked up in the hand of a master carpenter, are you really going to be any good? And, uh, I was in construction for lots of years and I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. You know, I'm a carpenter and kind of into that building world. So I, th I thought it made sense. But over time, uh, especially in the last few years, that name has become a lot different because, you know, scripturally it actually talks about is not my word like a hammer that breaks a rock to pieces. And uh, so, 
by the grace of, of God, honestly, Sean, uh, you know, in 2018, you know, January 22nd, middle of the night, three o'clock in the morning, I'm going to say uh, the presence of God came into the bedroom. And I don't know if, any, you know, if you've experienced that or those that are listening have ever experienced that. But honestly, I couldn't move a muscle. It was like very intense. And his love just came and just grabbed me. And uh, he says, how bad do you want this? And I said, oh, man, if it feels like this, I mean, I want it all. And it went from there, actually, to the fear of the Lord and fear of God. And I mean, I don't know if anyone has ever experienced that or if you've ever experienced that. But I tell you, if I could have crawled under the carpet or under the concrete, I probably would have. And uh, honestly, it was like I had a million volts of electricity come through my body. And uh, he says, have I got your attention yet? And I said, oh, yes, you have. And he, he said, you've been living in the flesh. You've kind of been living for yourself. He said, uh, what are you going to do about it? And, and I'm telling you, I ended up doing a, a 50-day fast where I couldn't eat. My appetite was gone. I did liquids. I, you know, I did drink and I did liquids. But Sean, during that 50 days, he did things in my heart and in me that uh, he removed things that places that I thought I was and who I was that that were not right and uh, brought healing into my life. And I had a gift that started to emerge where I would walk in a room and I would know things about people I shouldn't know. Sometimes I see a word over them and that word, you know, it was like a key into their heart. You know, sometimes I knew that their history and their past just by the grace of God opening my eyes to those secrets within them to bring hope, to bring a key, to bring, you know, uh, you know, maybe in strategy and in moving forward in things. And uh, so that's actually really where a prophetic gift and a call into the office of a prophet really started to accelerate. Who's Barry before 2018? Barry before Because you said, you said January... No, forgive me the date. Yeah, January 27th. Yeah, it was, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah 2018. 2018, right? We, we'd spent years in construction. You know, we owned a lumber yard. You know, we were just business. And, and, where, and where is this? Well, we were in Red Deer. Okay. Yeah, we were in Red Deer. And uh, we built farm buildings and chicken barns and hotels and sure. housing and just regular project management, some land development things. And that's kind of what we did. And then my life changed. And, you know, like leading up to this night... Are you, I don't, I don't know. Like, are you devout? Are you, are you just kind of picking the Bible up once in a while? Are you praying for this? What? Yeah, you know, I mean, we've always been believers. You know, I mean, always. Well, not always. I was a real rascal when I was young. I mean, I was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was. A when, when, when you say real rascal when you're young, what do yeah. you mean by young? And what do you mean by rascal? Well, what I mean, you know, so you know, when you're you, when you're a teenager and you know, in your twenties. You know, and you're partying and you're drinking sure. and you're carousing and, you know, all of that. I mean, I was I was all of that and more and uh, ended up on a process where, you know, through my brokenness, finally led me to, to the end of the rope where uh, I was so broken I didn't know where else to go but to God. And in his loving kindness and mercy, uh, he came and he, he started to, to turn my, wife around, my life around and... Uh, you know, when you grow up in a, in a in brokenness, 
uh, it takes a, a period of of restoration, sometimes healing, deliverance to to walk through your pain and walk through those those things that have maybe given us a mindset that you know maybe hasn't been the best for us. And so, you know, in that posture and by the grace of God and and by my my lovely wife, uh, who I'd met and. You know, we just did a deep dive together in surrender, you know, into that. And, uh, you know, we've been very blessed since. Yeah. What does your wife think of all this? Do you know, my wife, uh, I, we could not be doing what we're doing right now if if it wasn't for my wife. Uh, she's watched the change and, and the favor and the things that have, have developed over the years. And so we've, we've gone that gone down this path together, but it hasn't been an easy path. Uh, you know, in all honesty, it's been really rough. And some of the things that we've had to endure and go through, uh, you know, to get into our character, to get into a place where, uh, you know, some of those motives and some of those things that can be unhealthy are stripped away. And uh, it's, some guys will call it, you know, the the dark night of the soul or, you know, there's different analogies right and you know i think when you go through tough times and you go through a train wreck or two it brings a deeper compassion and a deeper love and a deeper understanding of grace uh, that we all need well it's funny i i um i find myself curious um have lots of people who've been on the podcast who when they um start to wake up to what's going on right people go you know there's people awakening to what's kind of going on with media or government or on and yes. on. And I'm always kind of like, well, what was your moment? Like, what was you, what, what really kind of like, because I find that curious. Like, what, yeah. what what made it so that you could see what the media was doing, et cetera. When, yeah. I, when I see, now when I see uh, uh, Christians, I'm like, so what was your moment? What was yeah. your moment that you went? Yeah. Because, you know, the more I talk to people, the more I realize, like, everybody has this moment where they, they kind of went, oh. And... Was that before January of 20, uh, 2018 or was it, was it, you know, like, was that a cement moment of like, holy Dinah? Well, you know, it, it actually is after, after 18 and, you know, I went through that and, and, you know, God would give me dreams about Canada. He would give me, he was giving me dreams and, and insight into Canada and America. And on my simple little Facebook page, I would just start to share them out and, uh, Pretty soon. Do you remember what your first one was? Oh boy, I I don't. I mean, it was kind of a slow leak that <laughs> that <laughs> that that began, and uh, and one day I got a phone call from a friend of mine. Well, now he's a dear friend, but I got a phone call from a guy in the Lower Mainland, and uh, he said, Barry, he said, never you don't know me, but he said we've got a weekly prayer call, and I I kind of think you might fit into it, and. If you would dare join us one day, you know, could you jump on? And so uh, I agreed. To, I, I felt I was supposed to do that. So I jumped onto that call with a bunch of men and people, men and women I did not know. And there were some Americans and there were some Canadians. And, and Sean, sometimes for me, when I step into a room or I step in, by the grace of God, sometimes I'll just know things about people I shouldn't know. It's sure. called a word of knowledge. And uh, on this call, there's a man, you know, sitting there in a chair. And I, the first time I'd met him, and I knew right away what he was carrying and what he was called to do. Uh, he's American, and and what he's called not to do just for America, but in in international affairs. 
And anyway, when I spoke to him and I shared what the Lord showed me, he just about fell out of his chair. He said, Barry, no one knows what I do. I said, well, God does. It turns out this dear brother has got a, a security clearance above top secret. And uh, we bonded on that day because what I saw and what he was walking in reality, there was a confirmation there. And uh, so that began, you know, a relationship with these folks. And so some of these people, they were looking at some of the prophetic words that I'd been giving over Canada and the United States. And uh, they actually wanted to send a document to the office of office of President Donald J. Trump um, with what's happening in Canada and politically and, and in reality and, and in conjunction with a prophetic word uh, to tie it together. And so I said, I would be okay with that. If you want to, sh- you know, share those words and send them, that's fine. So these guys, they put together a document to get to Trump. Well, now how do we get it there? Well, one of the boys said, you know what, we've got a, we got a friend we think can probably help us in Texas. So they phoned him and he said, you know, we've got this document we're looking to get to, to Trump. Can you help us? He says, we've been expecting your call. We had a dream on Wednesday that the Canadians were going to be calling looking for help. I'll do what I can. Yeah, and this actually ended up being the fellow that had the designation above top secret. He hangs up his phone. Within 20 minutes, his phone rings, and it's a friend of his who actually works close with that administration. And my friend says, hey, can you help the Canadians? They've got something they need to get here. And he said, done. And with 24 hours, we had a Zoom call with a man named Roger Stone. Do you you know who Roger is? Yeah, I do. Yep. Yeah. So Roger, uh, you know, here's a man who was, you know, involved in four presidential administrations. There was Nixon, Reagan, Bush, and Trump. He actually is the guy that coined uh, Make America Great Again. So we end up on this Zoom call, and there's Roger. And the Lord gives me a word for him, that his wife has got stage four cancer. But God's going to heal her and bring her out. And actually, I saw him standing on a stage with Trump and Melania in a stadium, declaring her healing and, and giving God the glory in her healing. Well, it turned out Mrs. Stone did have stage four cancer that day. And so it began a relationship with Roger and I that was very special because, I mean, I had no natural knowledge of this other than God speaking to me. So we go from there, uh, you know, our relationship, you know, a few calls here and there. You mind if I interject? Interject. I don't know the right word here. (laughs) (laughs) That's I want to make, so I'm like I'm sitting here and I go okay. Roger Stone, yes, I know who Roger Stone is. Yeah, I think most people who listen to this podcast understand who Roger Stone is. And if you don't, just do just pause for a second, do a quick Google search, and you're like, oh, okay. And I have I I just the thought that comes to mind is this sounds strange, okay? Yep. And then I go, it sounds strange, but if Roger Stone believes in it 
obviously a lot more people believe in it, if, if, if that makes sense. If that, I, I don't know how to flush out the entire thought I'm having right now. Correct. But I'm going like, how is it possible that a couple of dreams align, boom, 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 now you got Roger Stone, Roger Stone's going, you know, basically everyone's going, hmm, interesting. This is, you know, this has gone up the chain of command, yes. if you would. Yes. Yes. Time passes, and I have another dream about Roger Stone. I wake up at 4.20 in the morning, and in this dream with Roger, I know everything about him. There's things that I don't want to know. It is as personal as it gets. So at 4.20 in the morning, I get out of bed, make a cup of tea, and I start making notes on that dream. Now what? Lord, now what? <laughs> Two o'clock that afternoon, I get a phone call from a friend of mine, same one in the lower mainland. He says, Barry, I've got Roger Stone on the line. He'd like to talk to you. Roger gets on the line. Hey, Roger, how are you doing? He says, well, I woke up at 4.20 this morning. And I rolled out of bed and I says, God, I can't do this by myself. And he says, I got on my knees and I said, Lord, I need help. He said, Barry, I'm going to be honest. He says, my to-do list is 10 pages long. And you were on page 10. I, was, I need to call you. But I knew last night that I had to phone you. I said, well, isn't that something, Roger? I had a dream about you at 4.20 this morning. Would you like to hear it? And I shared that dream with him. And it touched him very deeply. And it brought a level of... of uh, credibility and love between us that I can't explain, Sean. And uh, he began to tell me, you know, of the goodness of God and how the Lord had been with him several times. Like in, you know, when the 26 Navy SEAL showed up on his door with CNN waiting for him to put him in jail under the deep state, you know, directive. Uh, you know, the Lord has been with him and on him. And actually, Roger, he actually, he's the guy that actually coined Make America Great Again for the Trump, you know, deal. And uh, and so since then, you know, we actually had a trip down south uh, this summer where the Lord gave me a word for for uh, Roger and, and President Trump. And he, he gave me a dream, you know, basically, and, and information where I knew people, I know things, and we had to go down south and deliver that to him. And uh, which we did. And when you're a Canadian farm boy and you don't know all the names and you don't know all the people, but when God releases it, there's a purity in that that maybe God's speaking to us. Mike. So, so, you know, there's a, another brother that uh, he's become one of my spiritual dads. And, uh, you know, he's a fellow that operates in governmental things, you know, uh, started out uh, as a missionary. And how God has positioned him into these governmental realms. Uh, one of his girls contacted me uh, a couple of years ago. They said, we're watching what you're talking about and we can validate it, much of what you're talking about. Some of it was Justin Trudeau and the things that he's been involved with. And they've been able to validate out of some of the things I've seen prophetically. They've got video 
of him doing things that Canada and the world will see. And uh, it's going to come at a great cost for him. So they vetted me, basically, to check me out uh, because they've got a group of prophets and governmental intercessory people. And they said, you know, you'd kind of fit in with this, this team because we can validate some of the things you're talking about. And so I said, that's fine, you know, check me out. And, you know, I mean, I'm not a guy that's going to push my in anywhere. I mean, this is by grace that we're doing any of this. Like I've got no, you know, I mean, I, I try to go really low. And uh, so the long story short is uh, they put together a group of people that in 2002 were given a presidential executive order to put together a group of prophets that if they get two or three, well, three words that come out of these prophets that are the same, they treat it as valid intelligence in collaboration with natural evidence and natural intelligence, of which they've got military and governmental paths to act upon. And, uh, you know, you go back to 1971 and your viewers, you know, you may not be aware, but in 1971, the Americans were running two classified programs. One was called Operation Looking Glass and the other was called Operation Stargate. And what the Americans were doing is they were actually using uh, the occult and they were astro projecting into other nations to get intelligence, military and governmentally, to basically, you know, form strategies. They were what now? They were, <laughs> they were using Satanists and occult people and they, they would literally enter a spirit realm, astral projecting their spirit out of their bodies into other places to listen and hear and see what's going on. And uh, classified operation, like you can, they're declassified now, but uh, this is what they were doing. So my friend ends up running into this guy in the Pentagon one day that's managing these programs. And he says, why are you working with the devil and the dark side? If we're in a battle of light versus darkness, why are you, why are you guys operating in a, in a realm of darkness? So he said, why aren't you walking with a holy God, with the prophets in this realm where the, the prophets are meant to walk with the kings and the presidents and the military? And so they were given an executive order then to put this group together. There's okay. a lot, there's there, a lot there. I, I don't even know where to go with this. I'm <laughs> like, okay, 1971, they had Looking Glass, which I've heard of, Stargate, yeah. which I've heard of. Yes. What you're saying is, is they had, and this is where, now I'm like, oh man, Sean, you gotta, like, obviously I need to go look deeper into these two because I've heard of it. Heck, even on The Simpsons, you know, it's been, you know, like you can go down the old Simpson rabbit hole and find a whole bunch of things in there and you're like, huh. And then you, it, it actually leads you to Project Looking Glass, Correct. essentially. Correct. I don't, I don't know. Should we, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where the heck to go with this because I'm like, I, I that's only, a lot. I'm going to give you a couple little other pieces here. Sure, fire away. So these guys, they've got these, this operation going. They've got these occult people in a room 
they're astral projecting out. And I mean, this might be a lot for people to even wrap their head around, but I, you know, as God is my witness, there was, I'm going to call it a demonic entity that entered that room with these guys one day. And this demonic entity said, we'll give you all the intelligence you want, but it's going to cost you, it's going to cost you in blood. And a month later, Roe versus Wade was passed in America. Um, so, so when you get into a dark world, you know, the dark world, they will gain power out of these dark places to do evil things. And, uh, and so in the absence of light, you know, we know, we know where that's led us as a nation. Now, by the grace of God, these guys were able to meet, go into that room, a friend of mine, uh, and the guy that managed this deal, they actually were able to go into that room and in repentance before God, say, forgive us where we've walked with evil. Forgive us where we have made these uh, agreements with the enemy. And you know what? A month later, Roe versus Wade was overturned. <laughs> so that's a victory. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a blank right now. I'm yeah. just like, I'm, yeah. I feel like I'm probably like every audience member going, okay. Yeah. Does it, like, I don't, I, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't mean to, uh, I sit here and I go, holy man. You know, I feel like I've been dipping my toe in the, in the, you know, like you've listened to, I believe you've listened to me and Grant talk. I did listen to the and, list, yeah. And I believe you've listened to me and Steve Holmstrom possibly. Yes, yes. And so you kind of like, you get, you get, I don't know, I, if this is the water, I'm like dipping my toe in. And yes. I, at times I feel like I'm swimming. Yes. What you've just done is just, you know, throw me in the deep end and said, all right, let's go here. Yeah. I'm going, okay. You're you're kind of answering a bunch of questions that I've always wondered about. Even Justin Trudeau, it doesn't matter though. It could it could be any world leader. Yeah. Is that if you truly believe there is light, or you know whatever side of the spiritual force you want? Yep. Right. Just yep. take just just take Star Wars for people who want to keep it in yep. in a, a nice friendly. Okay, Star Wars. Well, we got the Jedi. Yep. But there's always the opposite side, and the opposite side believes d devoutly in what they're doing, even if it is evil. Correct. Yep. And I go. What's the what's the chances like uh, Trudeau is surrounded by that and it but the energy the power whatever you want to attach to it yep. is there and it's real yep. it's like yep. well I think it would be yeah and you, what you're saying is well it's confirming a bunch of that and but then I go like a task force so in 2002 they put together a task force of 30, Christian prophets th 35 Christian prophets to go and just just do what they're doing. Just are are they paying these people? Or are they just they just they just keep it in contact? The, this gift, uh, it comes at such a high cost. What do you mean? What do I mean? Because uh, I can tell you know like a couple of times you you're almost on the verge of tears, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know, I don't know. I can tell you bits, bits and pieces about my story and certainly fill in some of what I, I, I think I've sit on here, here on this side of the table. But yeah. you know, Ani, I don't know, you, you've on the verge here. It comes with a cost. What's the cost? Yes. It comes with a cost, John. Um, when, you, when you start to walk in these realms and you start to speak into these areas of darkness, uh, you know, one of our brothers has had 24 attempts on his life. You for, mean for speaking truth? So people have tried killing him. People have tried killing him. 
because God is, comes and he shines light into these dark places and and uh, the enemy in the deep state and the, the WF and the, the, the globalists, sure, uh, it's under great threat for them as these things are exposed and brought to the light. And so, you know, they'll, they'll do whatever they can to try and stop, uh, you know, truth from, from moving on. And so we're a great threat, I guess you'd say, uh, in the overall picture of, of what's unfolding here for the nations. And uh, it, it is quite a trip. These 35 prophets, is there like, I don't know, forgive me. You know, the WEF, you, you think, if you don't pay attention, you think it's all shadow games. But it's just a website. You go click on it, and there they all are, and this is what they're doing. And they just rattle it off right in front of you. With yep. the 35 prophets, is that public knowledge, or is that something like you have to dig a little? Do you know what? It's not out there. I'm I'm sharing very vulnerably today. Sure. Um, you know, in you know, I'm I'm going out on a, on a limb, because people don't understand that God is not an indifferent bystander within our nation. That He is engaged. He knows what's going on. He knows what's happening. Uh, I mean, I've had words of knowledge, John. Um, one day, I mean, this is going to sound very strange, but I had a, I was taken to a street corner in New York City where I saw an assassination attempt on President Trump. Lord, what do I do with this? Boom, fired it over to a friend of mine. He sent it to Trump. Ten minutes later, we get a call back. I was the second warning in five minutes identical. They were aware of the threat. They were dealing with it, and they were moving forward. When you say you saw it, what do you, what do you mean by that? You mean like we're on the street? You like visual, so, like, so visually, I was taken into a place that's almost like a, an awake dream. It's like having an awake dream where all of a sudden I've got a screen that opens up to me and I literally see this. I'm standing looking at this screen in New York City. I, f- I feel really dumb for asking this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Yes, yeah, give her. Not on drugs, I assume? No. This is no, just like day no, walking. This is day walking, yeah. Does it? it yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forgive my skepticism. Um, because it, uh, parts of it, I'm like, oh, well, that's that's interesting, right? I'm just sitting here, and I'm like, hmm, I'm in a feisty mood today. I guess I don't know. I'm like, good. Uh, I'm I'm sitting here, and I'm going, okay. So does this? I'm just. I sit here and I go. Do any of the world leaders believe in anything they do? You know, and you're going. I have direct line to Roger Stone and Donald J. Trump. And there's 35 others that are doing something similar. And when it's corroborated, they take that as like, this is better than firsthand account information, essentially. Yes? They, they take and they couple it with other intelligence so that they can have actionable things that happen uh, with it. I'll give you one. I had a, an encounter where the the Lord took me into Area 51. Have you heard Area 51? Yeah, and I, I think everybody on the planet's heard Area okay, 51. Okay, so so Area 51, it's a it's a you know it's a base in in Nevada desert, highly secured, and uh, I was taken by the Spirit of God in into one of the warehouses of Area 51, and I saw technology in there, agriculture, energy, communication, crazy stuff, and. Uh, I ended up sharing it on a on a on a program that I'm often on, and uh, three hours after the broadcast, I get an email, 
And the email says, today was the first day I heard your name. Today was the first day I heard of Elijah's dreams. And he says, for 17 years, I've been in anti-terrorist prevention globally. My home base is Area 51. He says, had I been working today, I would have made a call and had you arrested. I can't tell you whether what you've seen is real or not, but I would have made the call. He said, thank you for what you do. And, uh, you know, I laughed. It was like, wow, that was a bit of, when I first read that, I was like, oh boy, we've touched something, right? Yeah. Uh, but the supernatural realm, um, you know, that, that God has given in, in the gifts within his people, you know, most, most of the church is really unaware, you know, they, they really don't know, uh, you know, what comes with, with these gifts and how to walk in them and how to function. And, uh, you don't just jump into it in 10 minutes and like, it takes some decades of, of walking with him to hear his voice and, and a surrender. Cause when he tells you something, are you going to be obedient to make that phone call? I got one fellow that, uh, the Lord gives me words of knowledge for, and I'll message him and he'll get back to me. He says, how do you do this? I just left the meeting with premier. Or I just left a meeting with. So with, when I'm when I'm on the phone with you and I'm going, hey, maybe we should do a podcast. Like, yeah, because I I, I I chuckled about this, you know. You're kind of like, yeah, you know, when it happened. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever, because it doesn't really bother me. I'm like, all right, yeah, fair. Put the phone down. Don't think about it again. Yeah. And and then all of a sudden, Grant's calling you, going, yeah, you got to come do this. And you're like, oh, I guess yeah. I guess it is meant to be. Yeah. That's the way you kind of look at life. That that's how I look at it, John. I mean, you know what? We cannot make up by our natural hands, all of the things that have led us to this day and this moment in time for our nation. It would be impossible. And uh, the collaboration, you know, even with Grant and I and, and how we've connected and how we're running. Um, you know, he, he wrote this book, uh, you know, Firing the Forge, you know, Battle for yeah. the Soul of Canada. So crazy thing is, um, I get a call from Grant, uh, Labor Day long weekend. And he was hanging out actually at Steve Holstrom's place in Drayton Valley. Okay. And they were having a fire and hanging out. He didn't know that my plans for the weekend just went up and smoked 10 minutes later. And he said, Barry, we're kind of hanging around the fire. We think you should come up for the day. And I'm thinking, okay, let's do that. And I knew we were supposed to go. And and did you know Grant at this point? Yeah, I'd known Grant for uh, probably a year and a half. Okay. You know, we kind of met. And uh, so we end up, you know, sitting around this fire and he starts talking about this book he wrote, uh, you know, Firing the Forge. And as he's sharing it, John, I realize, like I had a dream four years before about Canada being reforged in the fire. And, and so this dream, what it was, is I was taken into a blacksmith shop. And it was a timber frame deal, kind of open air, neat as a pin, real nice, a forge in the middle of that blacksmith shop burning hot and a big blacksmith his his back was to me he had a leather apron on and he spun around and it was actually the lord jesus christ and he had that you know he was preparing to to work on something and he took three pieces of steel about a foot wide and six feet long and he took these three pieces and he kind of lined them up and i knew that that was eastern canada Western Canada and the First Nations in the middle. And he stuck that into that forge, got it red hot. 
brought it out on the anvil, boom, sparks would fly, boom, back into the fire, back out. And, and he took and he bonded the East, the West, and the First Nations together into what he was building as a sword. And uh, there was a big vat of oil, and at one point he took and he dipped that thing in the oil and to temper it for strength, and baptized in that oil, and it foamed over. And then he began to polish it. And uh, before long, it looked like a mirror. He put a handle on it and a guild, and he stamped above the guild, Canada with a maple leaf. There was someone there that uh, in chainmail, you know what chainmail is? You know, the yeah, warriors yeah, used yeah, to, yeah. you know, with a hood up yeah, and all that. Yeah. And so this, uh, this person, Sean, it was like if you took every Canadian from the West Coast to the East Coast and you put them into one body, every Filipino, every Italian, every Irish, every German, every Swedish, every Indian, Every Aboriginal, it was like you took every Canadian and you put into one body. And this Canada that I saw had such a, a love in them and such a compassion and such a strength and such a resolve that as the Lord handed that Canadian sword to Canada, to his sword, and I saw the reflection of them in this sword, this Canada united as one that um, they were not going to swing that sword unless he said swing it. And, uh, and the humility in which Canada accepted the call that is basically a divine purpose for Canada to bring healing to other nations, to help other nations, uh, is upon us. And we're being brought through this fire right now you know, between all the division, the East, the West, of course, the Aboriginal, all the division, all of these kind of things, all of that we've gone through over the last few years and all that we're going through with all the pressure, all of the heat, uh, you know, it's shaken. Absolutely everything can be shaken. And in the end of the day, it is all going to be used to bring us together closer. And, uh, and so that's part of the picture and that's part of what's unfolding. And so... When we're sitting around the fire this day and, you know, we're talking about Grant and I share this dream, it's like, wow, uh, this is starting to make some sense. How often do you have the dreams? I know you, it's probably not like every night you're just buckling in and you go, oh, wake up in the morning and write it down. But, like, honestly, how, how often are you having the dreams? Do you know, it, sometimes it'll be a season where it'll be, you know, uh, a week or two where you've got boom, boom, boom. Sometimes it can be a few months. Uh, but usually there's a few significant ones a month that are, are significant. So you have a book of dreams, I assume? I get up in the middle of the night where it's three in the morning and I'll, I'll make notes. And, uh, first thing I do, I pray, you know, first thing, you know, what do we do with this? And many of them don't get shared publicly, but you know, there are many that are sometimes private that sometimes there'll be a warning for people. Sometimes I'm taken into someone's life where I know things I shouldn't know and God wanting to help prevent something from happening or, you know, bring some encouragement. And so... You don't like going into somebody else's life? Do you know, do you know what? Um, I, I approach it with, uh, I mean, it's so it's so tender, you know, that... 
you know, I, I don't want to hurt anybody. You know, whatever I see, whatever I do, it, it has to be, you know, I've been postured where use it for good, you know, for, for encouragement and, and uh, to bring things to a higher level. And so that's how I've, I've, you know, stewarded my life with it is to, to operate it in that way. And uh, so, and, and as, as that happens, I mean, the crazy things that happen, Sean, you know, the, the calls I get from, some from leaders and military people, we had a four-star general that used to run NORAD that we've become very close to, uh, was in Cheyenne Mountain, 9-11, the day that that went down. And, uh, you know, because what we've seen, what I talk about, what I see, a lot of validation can come out of that office. And, uh, in fact, we had one, uh, one, uh, I mean, this is a bit crazy, but again, through the relationship, you never know what's going to come on the phone when it rings. But the last Canadian election, I'll tell you this, one of our American friends uh, up there, got a call from a Canadian military leader, very high. Canadians were still at the polls. And this Canadian phoned this American high official, and he said, we've been told that the candidate is in office, which was Trudeau, and to prepare to mobilize. So Canada was still thinking, you know, at the polls, casting their vote for a prime minister when the decision had already been made behind the scenes. And this is hard maybe to comprehend for, you know, many Canadians that, you know, we're in a, you know, we're supposed to live in a democracy. But what's happening even above that is uh, is much greater. You know, I've had words about uh, Pierre Polivare, where I've seen some things that he was involved with. And uh, I shared them, you know, publicly. You know, he is overseas and he got in some, involved in some things that, you know, uh, put him in a very compromising position. And uh, they tried to bury it. And uh, there's going to be some things that are going to come to the surface out of that that are going to not do him well. I share this and then I end up getting a call from a, an official that, as part of that organization <laughs> from a very high desk. And uh, basically he confirmed what I had said. And uh, so, so we're in a moment here within Canada where uh, God is not an indifferent bystander and our nation is not going to be forfeited to the plans of these, these dark ones. And so uh, to put me in this kind of place where some of this stuff comes in, uh, we try to steward that in the best way we can to, for the Canadian people to bring protection that they can, uh, we can come into the destiny of the nation that we're called to, you know, in light. So you see, um, you're hopeful then for where Canada is heading. You know, you, um, personally, I I look at the future and I go, you know, 
it looks like Pierre's going to get in. If I was to, you know, the polls say everything says, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm not a big believer in much of that, but regardless, that's what it's saying. Right. And, uh, you know, in, in the short term, you go, are things going to get better? Um, slightly. Um, and then, you know, if we keep careening towards all the things, when you look at what you're seeing, all your, your dreams and everything else, you see bright days ahead. I do. I do. But but I will say this is I think the structures that we've known them, you know, in this bandwidth of, of typical political structure, uh, we're going to see a drastic change with all of those systems, uh, both here and in America and other places, where we're going to come out of the corporation of Canada America, they're going to come out of the corporation of the United States of America and uh, that are run and controlled by these elitist global folks. And so I, I don't believe it's it's going to be just a party. You know, it's not just going to be a removal of, of Trudeau, uh, you know, and Jagmeet and all that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't think it'll be that. All of these folks are bought and paid for by other people. And so from what I know and what I see, we're going to see a takedown of a system and a new system stood up uh, for a rebirthing of a nation and, and for the nation of the United States of America. Well, let's say the Republic of the United States of America. What's the average person say when you tell them what you do? The average person, um, you know what, uh, because I and, and while you think about that, yeah. where I sit, I'm like, I've been on, you know, um, when it comes to uh, Christianity, Bible, reading it, praying, etc. I've had my own journey into it, yeah. and I'm sitting here and I'm going, man, this is this is a lot. Yeah, like this is a lot. Yeah, and I'm going. So what is the average person? <laughs> He's like, I I don't know what the does the average person think you're Looney Tunes? Do you know what? Uh, I'll give you a story. I had an MRI on my back at the university hospital. Sure. And uh, I'm sitting in the waiting room. This nurse comes and she's putting intravenous in me. And uh, as soon as she walks up to me, I know everything about her. I know, you know, about her family. I know about her husband. I know about their future. And, oh, what am I supposed to do with this? And uh, she takes me in front of my MRI and, you know, go through all that 45 minutes in the machine come out, she brings me out, she's taken out the intravenous. I'm in the waiting room with, you know, three or four other patients, a Muslim brother and some other ones. Anyway, I said, this is going to sound really strange, but, you know, I'm a Christian and, uh, you know, God still speaks today. And, and this is going to sound really weird, but I believe he's given me a word for you. And uh, so what I saw was her and her husband, they'd actually finally come to a point where they wanted to have a child. And if they were going to have that, have a, a baby girl, you know, they were going to name that baby, you know, Debbie, Deborah. And she gets this look on her face like I hit a nerve. And uh, and I said, furthermore, you know, your husband's been to hell and back. Uh, he's been unjustly accused of some things. They're all lies. He's handled it in the right way. And uh, God is going to honor him and actually he's going to get a promotion out of that thing. And it's all going to be good. And I said, and I see your mother loves you more than you think. And what has been broken with your relationship with your mother, God is going to bring and restore. 
because she has laid her life down for you and she loves you more than ever. Well, by now, this dear nurse, she's kind of choking back the tears and uh, kind of frozen, actually, very awkward. She finishes my IV. She kind of politely thanks me. She heads down the hallway. She's halfway there. She turns around. She comes back. And she says, okay, we are trying to have a baby. If the baby, it is going to be a Deborah. My mom and I have been estranged for five years. And it haunts me every day that we're not together. We're not walking together. She said, yeah, my husband, he's been through hell and back with this and that. And she said, by the way, she said, I used to have a gift like you. And I ran from it because she didn't know how to handle it. So on that day, God took me into the university hospital in Edmonton, opened up a window into her heart, spoke life and truth, and uh, she wept, and there was healing. Like, How do you know it's God? How do I know it's God? Yeah. Over time, Sean, as you walk with him, you get to know his voice. Over time, you you get to hear him. I mean, even for you, I mean, I'm going to even be as crazy to say, even this morning, thinking about you, I saw some things about you and what, what you're called to do for this nation and for this region. And you ended up doing what you're doing here, and I'm be as bold as I may. I'm just going to share, if I may. Sure. Uh, I seen you were going down a path, and there was an interruption where you weren't able to do what you were doing any longer in the in the function in the place that he'd in the arena in the arena in which he'd called you to do and through that interruption uh, you know you had to kind of recalibrate and and you know figure out what path it was going to be you're going to be land on but i saw you sean going through a sifting you know like a flower sifter you know sure. you kind of you, you know you sift and i saw you going through a bit of a sifting and because of what you're called to today for the nation and in media and bring a voice of truth and the purity that is in your heart and the integrity for truth in which you walk, uh, you're a cutting voice for the nation. And uh, actually I saw you in a, in a gleaming silver armor like a, like a, like a warrior. And the light that came out of you and the reflection of light in what you're carrying in truth and what you're bringing to those that need it right now is immense. And, and as a goose, as a goose, you know, in the, in old days, they used to, the military would set up a watchtower. What Barry's talking about is I've only ever been, I've been in one church where they prophesied and I was extremely uncomfortable with it. I was very uncomfortable. I st- this is probably why I'm uncomfortable with this entire chat because I'm just like I don't understand this. I'm not sure I want to understand it. I'm just I'm just <laughs> you know it's like it's a lot. It's a lot. And um, you know like I I sit and uh, for the, for people listening, you know I I uh, sometimes I'm like oh, am I really gonna go talk about this? You know like is this what I'm gonna do today? All right, here we go. You know. And so I'm uh, I'm like yeah I'm uncomfortable. With this. Anyways. So he's telling me about the Canadian, back when we talked on the phone, and I went, hey, Canadian Hammer. And he's like, yeah, who's this? And I tell him, oh, anyways. I go, oh, that's really funny, because I had no idea who Barry Wunsch was. I had no idea who you were. I had no idea who the Canadian Hammer was. 
And you said, oh, I got prophesized once upon a time. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. I got prophesized once upon a time too. The only time I've ever, I, that I can remember that it's ever happened, and I was extremely uncomfortable, was not this joyous occasion, more so probably because I was in this like state of like, can I, you know, like, I don't know. Do I need to do it? Anyways, guy said I'm a goose. And I'm like, I walked out of there. I'm like a goose. The, <laughs> the heck does that mean? You know, I'm like, if, if I was ever going to get dig into it, I'm like, okay, I'm a goose and I'm going to honk. All right, I'm honking. All right. <laughs> I walk out and I'm like, well, that was strange, you know, because I have no idea. Sorry, now I'm just the backstory of it because I told Barry this on the phone I'm, and then you carry on. Yeah, so uh, so he tells me, Sean tells me the story that, uh, you know, I had this word that I was called a goose. I don't know what it means. And I says, I do. And And so the story is this, is that they used to put a goose up in a watchtower with the soldiers that were on night watch. So they could hear if there was an enemy that was coming in and the soldiers were asleep, the goose would honk to wake them up so they could resist and fight the enemy. And this Sean Newman is who you are and who you're created to be. Hmm. What you're doing in raising truth and awareness to Canadians with all that's on the horizon and all that's happening and all that's unfolding, you are honking. You are blowing a trumpet to wake people up, to posture them, to fight the enemy. And you are, you're, you've got a pure heart in you, my brother. I mean, I just met you today, and I mean, the, the integrity in, in how you walk, I mean, I can, it just oozes out of you. And so uh, for, for whatever that's worth, I submit that to you today. I mean, does any of that make sense? Well, I mean, the the goose story, I, after you told me that, and even again hearing it, I'm like, did they really do that? Like, I'm like, man, that's interesting. Because <laughs> if they did, I'm like, I, you know, I've watched a lot of old school war movies. I've never seen that before. I'm like, oh, does goose actually do that? I'm like, okay, well, that that's interesting. Because I'm like, some listener, for for just dig that up for me so I can read it, you know? Because I can yep. be like, oh, that's, you know, like... I don't know. I um on on the general thing, uh, like overall, it's like, does it make sense? Yeah, I guess. I'm just I'm muddling through my version of life, you know. And it's things that don't make sense. So if you go back and you listen to day one until now, you kind of get where things start to go awry and where I start digging. You know, you get, it's like. Okay, we're going to talk to some doctors. We're going to talk to this. We're going to talk to that. We're going to talk to some politicians because, you know, there was a time and place where I'm like, the only way this gets fixed is by having Daniel Smith elected as premier. Right, uh, you know, right. I can sit here and I can, I can, you know, or whoever, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's like who, if somebody can beat Daniel Smith, I remember having this thought, then I don't care if they're NDP or Green Party or whatever. It's like, right. let's have the best candidate in there to do the job. Right. Well, Daniel Smith elected. Are things better? Sure. But like overall, I mean, we still got some weird stuff going down. And where the weird stuff goes on, it's like, are we going to talk about it or we're not going to talk about it? And I guess for me, the days of not talking about weird things is over. Like, you know, even if that brings me deeper into the the God spiritual talk, I'm like, all right, well, I mean, at this point, if you haven't acknowledged that they're, you know, I I don't know if I get this right. I call it like, you know, two different lenses, you know, there's just, there's the physical then there's the other thing. Yep. I've I've experienced my own little portions of it that I tried to not rationalize out, but just try and be like, what the heck was that? You know? Yep. So like the day walking thing you talk about actually makes a lot of sense to me. 
the only problem I the only problem the, the reason I ask is how do you know it's God? Is my day walking? Oh man, like I just I look at it and I go like none of that came to fruition. I lied like a sailor. Another I don't know, do sailors lie folks? Right. I don't know, you get the point. <laughs> I'm just I was thinking swearing, but I just I just yeah. you know, like to me, um I wasn't accurate in anything I said. Yeah. And um when I go back to thinking about it, and that was in Ottawa, when you talk when you talk about, you know, how serious let's let's just say Donald Trump takes us, I go, Well, if he takes it that serious or whatever political leader you want. And there's political leaders that, that take the other side serious. That's that's a terrifying thought. Mm-hmm. And then you have, I don't know, say a protest, maybe one of the largest in Canadian history, land out front of his front door, and what happens? It's like, well, bouncy houses and, and lots of great things. But from a, a if we're going to admit that there's two worlds, well, the other world wasn't very happy. And... Um, you know, when you get emotional, I'm like, oh, I know that emotion. Like, I, I've, I've felt that emotion, you know. I, I walked in that for several days. That was not a fun time. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't even know where to begin with all that because I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, I I don't know. Like, how do you make sense of something that, you know, up until a year ago, I didn't even realize this existed. Right. And nobody talked about it. Not right. a single soul would talk about it. I mean, sure. Shouldn't say that. I mean, people were talking about it. I just not in my circles. Right. And um, certainly, if you signed on to the Sean Newman podcast a year, or two years ago, you weren't thinking this is where we we're going, folks. I didn't think this is where we we're going either. Yeah. And yet here we are. Yeah. I, you know, you just the 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 path that this has led us on. Uh, you know, Sean, when you know, I, again, supernaturally by the grace of God for God to open up these relationships with, you know, some of our American friends and, and Canadian, you know, brothers and sisters, uh, the likes of Grant. When we were, you know, at, at the, you know, around that fire that weekend, uh, you know, talking about the fire of the forge. Sure. And that day I knew that I had to introduce Grant and the four-star general and, uh, the American friends that we've got down south. And so we ended up doing that. And uh, I had a Zoom call that I was going to have the Americans on one and then the Canadians on another because of some of the things I'm aware of on the intelligence side, on the back end. I thought we as Canadians need to be postured uh, as things unfold that we're walking, first of all, we want to walk in step with what God is doing in the nation and will prosper but two, that we're walking as closely as we can with our American, uh, you know, friends and authorities that are in the right places. So I ended up doing a Zoom call that day, but I made a mistake and all of them showed up on the same call. And so we were there and we were able to hear uh, Grant and and others were able to hear with their own ears from some of these offices, uh, some of the things that are, are happening behind the scenes. And it led us to actually to a trip down to Texas where we met uh, with some of these officials. And that was actually a miracle that these men could all be, you know, free and available on, on for the same week in the same period sure. of time, right? Yeah. And uh, so we ended up down at a, on a private ranch, you know, 185 acres guarded. And uh, we were able to gather together and, and we ended up, first we opened it in prayer, you know, um, 
so we had the fellow, you know, the above top secret guy, and then the other one that's running with the group of prophets, and and uh, and then another brother down there that uh, kind of hosted us. Um, landing strip for Israeli generals and officials to come in and out of that property, and we were able to sit around a table, Sean, and uh, and share, you know, what's going on in Canada. We talked about the fires. Uh, you know, I had during during this last season, Sean, I'd have guys contact me because I'd see things, and then my phone rings. You know, I talk about, and then I get phone calls. You know, from northern Alberta. You know, we were getting people, locals that were up there, lived their whole life, knew every creek, every stream, every lake, every trail, and uh, they're sending me, trying to send me pictures of some of the forces that were up there, and some of the military that was up there, and some of the things that were really going on. I mean, these these men, uh, you know, they taken pictures on their phones, and 30 seconds later, they're wiped blank with, because of what they were seeing and sharing. And, uh, you know, when it comes to the fire zones, I mean, there are places, Sean, where, I mean, there's fire boxes, detonated, timed boxes to ignite these fires on. So when you've got these ones that we trust in places of authority, that are coming at their own people. Um, terribly frightening. In fact, uh, you know, one of the generals that we're involved with, he talks about even psychological warfare. And, you know, the, 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 all these governments, they've, they've got teams that they operate psychological well, I mean, warfare. through COVID, Britain was the one that broke and then came out to Canada and done it for a time. Yeah. You know, I... You know, at the core of it, and I could be making this way too simple, but it's sometimes, you know, like, let's just take the the complications of, you know, how complicated it gets and just boil it down to uh, pretty much a simple truth. You either think we're killing the planet or we're not. Right. And if you think we're killing the planet, then you're going to do things to save humanity. Right. And in order to save humanity, you have to kill humanity. Right. I mean, right, because we got too many people. So what are we going to do? We're going to do a whole bunch of different things. We're going to need them to get how we get them in line. Well, we got to give them this narrative. We got to tell them this. And so now you own all the media stations and this. this we're going to walk this path, folks, and this is how we're going to get out of it. Yep. And you go, that sounds like horrific. Well, because it is one. It is. But two, it's it's like, but they truly believe they're saving the planet because we're destroying it. I mean, that that's to me when I, like, when, you know, rubber meets the road, it's like we can go around all these different examples and you go, well, why are they doing that? It's like, well, they come all the way back at eight point whatever billion, they go, we can't handle anymore. The thing I always love when an older generation guy comes on, he goes, yeah, but they've been saying that for, you know, 40 years, right? Every year, every decade is the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And here we are. And uh, if they just get out of our way, we'll, we'll continue to find ways to uh, better the planet and work better with people and everything else. But they want to get in the middle of it and divide everybody and keep pushing and, you know, and, and on and on we go. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, the, this is, you know, the, the, the narrative. These, this, this is, you know, what some of their tactics are to bring this control and to, to fulfill this agenda in which they have. And so God is showing and bringing his light into these places to bring all the exposures, to bring these things to light so they can be dealt with. And, uh, you know, even you look at our economics, I mean, we've got a, one of the guys we're involved with, um, you know, they're involved in, they've got a, a brokerage and an auditor in America 
and they've got 384 banks in which they actively are in audit positions with. And over 50% of the American banks are insolvent. And so they'll get in 500 million in deposits. They'll lend it out, you know, as much as they can. Hoping yeah, it's anywhere between 10 to 100 times roughly, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, ho- hoping to give a little back in 90. So what's happening is like, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when this thing is going to come down. But in their audits, they also found a bank account that has 96 decimal points to the left. And we've heard of the wealth transfer. We've heard of Nassar Jassara. We've heard all these kind of things. I can tell you this is happening where much of what has been stolen from, from us, where we've been used as an asset for the corporations of our nations is being returned. And, uh, and it's a game changer. And so as that, as this, these funds have been taken or are being taken out of the treasures of the enemy, uh, and given back to, to God's people. Um, I mean, this is actually really happening. And then, you know, you get into other things where you've got the revaluation of currencies, the gold currencies, these things are, are really happening. And so we're in a moment where it's going to be really difficult for a lot of people uh, as this change kind of happens. But at the end of the day, it's for our freedom. And at the end of the day, it's for the rebirthing of what, what is uh, God is happening in, our, in Canada, U.S., and other nations. And so uh, we've got great days ahead, you know, within that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's a lot. Well, I mean, you just... You're talking something about... You're talking about something that is so beyond my grasp. Even though, you know, like in my own life, I've ran into things that are definitely... I don't know. I don't want to say similar because, I, you know, I've never been the guy who... who um, Ah, that's that's not true. I've had dreams and different things, but definitely nothing as large as what you're you're talking about. Um, you know, in the coming years, I guess I, I I don't know. Is there anything that you know you're like we better make sure we share this? You know, like I I had a weird dream one night. This is probably like a month ago, about 2026. That's the only thing I remember out of it. I'm like, what a weird dream to have. You know, like mm-hmm. where all you can remember is a year. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, and now I think about it all the time. I'm like, 2026, I wonder what, what is 2026, you know? Like, obviously, it's a couple of years away and, and everything else, but it's like, okay, well, what's that? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You're a guy who has prophetic dreams year after, or month after month. Is there anything in the future that you're like, oh, we better talk about this? Well, Sean, I think uh, that there's two things. And, I mean, as we see, you know, this financial shaking that's that's coming and happening, we're also going to see that governmental shaking and turnover happening. And so where we've had a silence, you know, from Ottawa and from, you know, these different offices that are basically bought and paid for by darkness, those things are all going to be exposed and there there is going to be justice happening. And uh, I believe we're coming into a biblical event. I believe we're going to see uh, an EBS, like an emergency broadcast, uh, that's coming, and you know, in our discussions with our friends down south, uh, there's an understanding that this is, in fact, going to be becoming and happening. 
And we may end up with a, a period of time as things are turned over that, you know, we may end up with a bit of darkness. Like there may actually be a blackout. There may be a communication blackout for a period of a week or 10 days while they're going from one system into a new one, into the new one. Uh, and so, uh, you know, not to bring fear on anybody. Like I'm, this is not to bring fear. Um, this is to say that what you're going to see isn't all that meets the eye. And we need great discernment as this happens. And so as these unrighteous, crooked paths are, are taken out, uh, I believe God is looking to stand up righteous leaders, righteous governance for the nation in truth for all Canadians and, and Americans and other ones that may hear this, um, that is going to be on, on a foundation of, of truth and righteousness that the enemy has no part of. And, uh, you know, I, I, again, the, the, the information, you know, as I share in some of the calls that I get back and some of the intelligence, I can't, you know, obviously sure. share it all. But, uh, but it is kind of mind-blowing when, you know, we get these confirmations in the natural of the things that we see prophetically and speak of prophetically. And, uh, and the, the convergence of, you know, the, the supernatural and of, of, you know, God and, and his governance walking within the nations. Do you come from a, a line of this? Like, is, was your dad or your mom or relatives, or is this like completely out of the blue? Do you know what my mom? Uh, my mom was, you know, Lutheran, Lutheran background. You know, I was Christian. You know, as a baby, you know, they sure. christened me as a, you know, in the Lutheran church. Uh, my dad, his background was more on the Pentecostal side, Baptist, you know, kind of Pentecostal. And honestly, it scared him. You know, he, you know, it, in those days, it was very religious and very, you know, kind of different. But they always had a faith. Uh, my mom, particularly, uh, always. You know, I mean, she was up in the morning, she'd be reading her Bible, and at night she'd be reading her Bible, and it was bedtime prayers. And, and my mom actually had a, a gifting uh, where she did dream and she did. But in, in, in those days, no, like she didn't really operate in it, like to the level that she probably could have. And uh, for... So, so do you, uh, do you like, you mentioned at the start, the very start, that you were uh, um, like in construction by trade. Do you do any of that anymore? Do you know my uh, that whole life for me? And this sounds strange, but God woke me up three in the morning, and uh, literally with a, you know, I want to talk to you. And I went out to my, you know, made a cup of tea, and sat in my chair, and he said, "Barry, your life is never going to be the same." He said, "I'll look after you." I'll care for you. And you're not going to be like anyone else. I mean, you look through, you know, all the prophets of old and, you know, the ones that, you know, we read about in the Bible. He said, you're not going to, he said, I've called you to be you. And I've given you a gift to be you. And he said, your life is never going to be the same. And he flashed before me all of these guys. And you're not going to be like him and him and him and him and him. And, uh, and a week later, uh, I was invited on to a, a, a show called Elijah's Dreams. And Elijah's Dreams is out of America, 
hosted by a guy named Steve Schultz, who he has prophets on every day and from across, you know, America. And I think I'm primarily the Canadian one that they walk with. And uh, they invited me on. They've been watching me and they've vetted me. You know, they dug around the corners to see people in my life. Who's this guy? Is he real? Is he, what's he about? You know, like, is he, is he nut bar? What, like, is he okay? I'm just being honest. They check me out. And. Well, it's not like you're building a, I mean, (laughs) in fairness to you, it's not like you're like, hey, I'd like to build a house and here's the deed and blah, blah, blah. And I got the wood and, you know, I mean, you're talking about something that all I can think of is, is woo. It's just like it's out there in the woo. It is. It is. Just, it and, is. You, and you go. So you can you can have probably a very devout Christian. I I can just imagine when this releases, you can probably have your most devout Christian who goes, man, that's hard. That's really like yeah. I'm gonna get. I'm this. Well, I'm not gonna get this exact task because I'll put it in some listener's mind now and they won't do it. But somebody's sitting there going, like, was that for real? What, right. you, what, what was Barry like? And I'm like. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm sitting here meeting you for the first time and I'm going, my brain is trying to wrestle with everything you're saying. Yeah. You know? You know what, Sean? Things of the spirit cannot be discerned necessarily by a natural mind. Sure. You know, uh, you know that that revelation, that understanding is very difficult for an intellectual brain to process uh some of these spiritual things. It, it's just a fact. But I can say that uh, as I've walked this road and and by the grace of God, as he gives these things and and you see the doors that open up before you, there's not a way in a million years coming out of, I've got no education. I didn't do Bible school. I didn't do, like, none of that. I just was, I, you know, Ran a business, a construction. So do you, have you asked the question, why me? Oh, yeah. Thanks. Do you know, he came to me, he said, Barry, you're not my first choice. <laughs> How's that make you feel? He said, Barry, I'm not honest. your Honest? Thanks for being honest. You're not my first <laughs> choice. It's like, well, at least you're honest. <laughs> he said, you're not my first choice. Because when you step out and you start talking about these things, I mean, it. you, you know, people think you're crazy sometimes. Well, not sometimes. But Barry, right. let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest. I mean, come on. There are going to be people listening is going, that was wild. That was the wild hour of driving around the oil patch or sitting at the kitchen sink doing dishes or yep. on and on and on what people do. Yeah. I'm sitting here and I'm going, this is a, this is a wild hour of podcasting, folks, right? Like yeah. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, yeah. when you say you're rational, it's like, no, that's all fair. Yeah. I mean, I would have never... You know, if if you became the GM of the Edmonton Oilers right now, you'd have an easier time, and that's saying something because they've yeah. been really stinking it up. Well, I, they've won a couple now, and by the time we release this, who knows? Maybe they'll be on the, maybe they'll beat Vegas, and on and on and on we go. But I mean, sorry, yeah. I just you're not yeah. dealing in something that um, the, but it, but this, but then I stop myself right here. You're not dealing in, and I was about to say what the world normally does or what have you, and yet I'm like, but that's that's Western world, the Western world. We, we've cut this portion out of our lives. This is what me and Graham were talking about, whether it was in the first time or the second uh, second time. I'm just like, yep. you know, for my entire life, I didn't really think much of this, if at all. Right. And now over the last year, maybe a little longer, because it was since Ottawa, I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. You know, I mean, you know, 
I bring this story up a lot, but Frank Peretti, you know who Frank Peretti is? Any chance you know how to get a hold of Frank Peretti? No, I don't. <sighs> I don't. Yeah, yeah, listeners, I'm still working on that one. <laughs> so I, 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 I'll tell this story again because obviously, um, sorry, folks, Barry doesn't, Barry doesn't, uh, probably hasn't heard the story, but I, Frank Peretti, uh, author, right? Know the story? Know the books? Okay. Do, 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 is is he the uh, uh, in, in into the into the darkness and piercing the darkness? Right. Okay. I think uh, okay. are there's two big ones back in the eighties. Okay. Um, th- th- this this is how I tell the story. Okay. Uh, this is um, you know I grew up reading like just world giant world novels that were like fantasy novels, so like Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, um, Dune, like all these big like wow these are you know like really get your imagination going and i i lost it i just i just lost it somewhere i didn't have any of it i couldn't read a you know a five cent comic let alone you know like i don't know novel yeah right i just i just you know at times i could pick something up but i never like used to be i'd get into something and i'd read it till like two in the morning heck i'd have to convince myself to go to bed just go to bed you know everybody talks about video games yeah sure I can get wrapped in that too but i used to it used to be books anyways um uh, my son needed a practice jersey, and so uh, actually the guy next door had been like, well, we'll just go to the Olive Tree in town. You know, the secondhand store, they'll have practice jerseys. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. It cost me a couple bucks. So I go in there, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I see the, uh, I get the practice jersey, but then I see they got like a little back room full of books, and I'm like, you know, it's, I'm like a kid in the candy store. Even <laughs> when I walk through the mall, I'm like, I don't need one. I'm not reading anything right now, but I'm doing dang. If I can't just stick them up there, and, and I don't know, it's like it, you know something will grab your attention, and then you start reading, and away you go. Except that hasn't happened in a long time. So, anyways, I'm like I'm trying to convince myself, don't go in this room, don't go in this room. Finally, I'm just like you know what, I'm gonna go in the room. All right, I'm going in the room, go in the room, and I'm looking at all these books, and I can't find a single bloody thing that I want to read. So I just do a simple prayer. It seems to you know where I'm at, it just it makes sense. And if it doesn't make sense for you, that's totally cool. But for me, I'm just you know. If there's something here I need to see, this let me see it. And it was like the fourth book in was Frank Pretty. I'm like, geez, I recognize that name. Why do I recognize that name? And so I Googled it, and I, oh, this is what uh, Seth had been sending me. So I'm like, oh, all right. Wow, wait a second. How do I know this is God now? And so I flipped open the first two pages, and it was Ephesians 6. And I'm like, okay, you got me. All right, so I walk out and pay like a dollar for this book, you know. Mm-hmm. And... um I thought it was an autobiography. Like, I, I, I you know, I, I, I thought it was literally, I, I didn't piece two and two together. You know, how can you be so smart and so stupid? I don't know. I walk it every day. You know, like, I'm just like, <laughs> I should have realized it didn't say autobiography. It didn't say the true story of Frank Pretty. It was literally uh, Into the Darkness and Pierce in the Darkness, I think, are the two titles. And um, so I read, like, the first two pages, and I'm like, what the heck am I reading? Like, this feels something different than, you know, just an autobiography. So then I Google Frank Peretti for the first time ever, and here they call him like this the Christian Stephen King. And I mean, you can love or hate Stephen King. He is a national, like a New York Times bestselling author over and over and over and over again. So to be called that, I'm like, oh, oh. And then I proceeded to read the first one, and I couldn't even put it down. And it was like certain pages. I'm like, oh, my God, yeah, I've experienced. Oh, my. And I didn't realize that existed. And so... I don't know where I'm going with all this other than like I've experienced some of that and then you come in and you sit and you talk and I'm like, I don't know, man. This is so not, I don't think crazy. I just, I go like, this is, 
wild is the word I come up with. It's like, this is pretty freaking wild. And yet I can sit and tell you that story. And I think that story is pretty wild. I'm like, I think probably people write me off as that's pretty crazy. And you just went in a book thing and (laughs) grabbed a book, Sean, and you knew the name and that's all that was. And I'm like, if that's what you think, that's fine. That's not what I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, when I see, uh, you know, when God opens up these windows, and sometimes it comes just as the slightest whisper. You know, and and if you you know, sometimes I'll hear just the slightest whisper, and I, and you lean into that, uh, and He starts to open it up. It's it's just like an invitation to come in a little deeper, to come in. A little, and so as I go, you know, I'll, I'll, I just pray. I mean, or I'll put on you know, worship music. You know, I mean, just you know, I call it soaking music or whatever, and I'll just pray and 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 meditate you know not meditate but pray and and spend time with god and sometimes he'll open up that little whisper into more not always but he's taken me into rooms sean in that place with him where i've been in rooms where i've been in conversations where i've heard things i shouldn't hear where i'm in rooms of global leaders and authorities Hearing and seeing things that I shouldn't see in here. And Barry. <laughs> I don't mean to make light I, of it, but it yeah. is kind of funny, isn't it? It is. And and so uh, when you share these things out and then, you know, your phone starts ringing, uh, it's, it's really kind of neat. You know, we had one, and I mean, just recently, uh, I mean... John F. Kennedy, I mean, it was his 60th anniversary of his passing and assassination. And God took me actually into the da- into that, that event that day that happened, uh, you know, in, in Dallas. And I saw what happened. I saw some of the things involved. And I ended up getting, so I shared it publicly. I get a package in the mail from a fellow that worked with uh, JFK at, when he was president. And this family, actually, they sent me his White House pass for when he worked there with him. Some other memorabilia, pictures of Jackie Kennedy and You got that in the mail? That showed up in my mailbox with a story. And they said, what you talked about with what you saw. My dad was supposed to be on duty the day of JFK's assassination. But he and his team, they were diverted from that assignment that day, called elsewhere. Had he been working with his team, Kennedy would not have been assassinated. And they went in and they broke this thing down. Yeah, so for you, it's you're going like I've seen things, and there's no change in my mind. There's no change in your mind. I mean, uh, you know, sometimes I go to these places. Taiwan, the Lord took me into Taiwan, and I mean, they're they're under it over there, and uh, the Lord took me into a, a high-rise building of generals in Taiwan because they're fighting, you know, the the communist, you know, overreach big time, hanging on for all they're worth. And I saw some things and I prophesied about it. I shared what I saw. I get a message from Taiwan, from these generals, from this room, saying, you've been with us. You've seen what we're up to. And they're on their knees before God, praying for a path out against this evil. And they put together a prayer initiative in Taiwan that went out to 72,000 churches, 
for people to pray and fast. And they released the word that I saw what I saw into those prayer groups so they could stand as a nation to stand up against this. And uh, God is not an indifferent bystander. He wants to walk with us, uh, you know, against these evils. And by his grace, you know, he's opened up, you know, some of these channels to do so. And so I honor those that hear the call and they say, okay, I surrender. I've heard that voice, but I've resisted it. I've heard that pull on my heart, but I've resisted it. I've been burned by religion. I've resisted it. God is an intimate God. And ultimately, he's looking for that relational intimacy with each of us. Oh, he's a, I was going to say, you know, he's got a sense of humor. Because I remember praying, um, all right, I'm in. But uh, I don't want a dull life. I remember remember saying, I want the adventure. (laughs) Yeah, that laughter. You know, I'm sure there's a bunch of people laughing right now because I'm like, I did not see this curveball coming. I have not seen a lot of the curveballs coming. And I'll get a lot of people asking, you know, what I thought about this and everything else. I got to go ruminate on it and you know a whole bunch of other things right but uh you know one thing i i I don't kick myself for but like i'm like i really was like can we please have an adventure like i I really want to i don't want to just be dull i don't know i tell you what every time i sit across from somebody i'm like how did i get here yeah how did i get here this is this is something you know and it's funny because it, it it honestly folks it feels like some days it searches me out now because I wasn't trying to, get, like, you know, like, I wasn't trying to get you on. I, you know, not that I don't care. It's like, I do care. But Grant's the one, you know, and I'm going to Grant. I'm like, well, I don't know. What are your conversations like? Is this something I need to have? Oh, you need to have. Well, okay. Now the audience is going to tell me what they thought of it, right? And right. on and on it goes. Right. But I'm like, you know, the, the days of acting like I, I can f- fully have control of the ship. I do, but I don't, you know? And it's, uh, it's like... Well, one day, you know, it's like, what is going on today? Well, here it is. Yeah, the Canadian hammer rolls in. There, there's, there is no life like it. You know, we often look at this path as a, as a road of, you know, it's a narrow road. For me, it's a very narrow road. You know, I mean, I, I've got a very narrow lane, and, uh, and it is the most reward. Some people might think it's restrictive. You know, it is actually the most exciting. Well, isn't it everything you've just said? It's like restrictive. Like, you've, you've been like, in, you know, you're either, you know, like one will say you're the biggest fabricator of the truth ever, right? Somebody will say that for sure. 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 Oh, that guy's full of crap. Yeah. Or there will be the other side. This guy's amazing. Well, it, this will happen. Mm-hmm. And um, you go, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm sitting staring at the Trump, you know, I, I whatever that is, a badge coin. I'm going, Oh, okay. Um, it's put you in rooms that, you know, not that this room is like the, uh, you know, the, the the Oval Office by any stretch, but it's still put you in this room. And it's putting you in, you know, with Grant, you guys are going across Canada right now talking to different people. And um, 
the fact that your name came up to me, you know, and I go like, you're getting, you're getting put in rooms with people that don't make a whole lot of sense, yeah. like by yeah. rationale. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we go, we've been traveling across now, you know, doing lots of meetings, Grant and I, and we share about the convergence that's happening in our nation. And it, you, you cannot, again, you could not fabricate this, you know, within a natural process of developing what's happening here. You, you just can't. And room after room, sometimes 24 hours notice, we have people driving four hours to come in and hear what's going on, to know they want truth. They want to know these, there, these things. Is there um, uh, like false prophets, you know, like the opposite of what I assume oh, you're doing? That, oh, yeah. that, 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 I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. You're how right. To, you're right. I, don't, I don't know how to. You're right. Yeah, there there are false prophets. I mean, there there are those that will will try to. Now, now, when you look at a false prophet, I mean, it usually comes where they're actually wanting to try to have you worship someone other than the Lord Jesus Christ and the and the God of, you know, uh, that we serve. But there are also many that will operate in a gift to build their own platform, to build their own kingdom to sure. put money in their pocket to, you know, whatever the purpose is that, you know, I mean, in an unhealthy way. And when I talk about keeping a purity on the gift, I mean, it's with fear and trembling that I share some of these things that, that I do. Uh, but I would rather be obedient to him and share it in truth, whether people accept it or not. I'm just a delivery boy. And it's up to each one to take and weigh it. And and they say, take and, you know, you candle like a chicken egg. You know, they take and they candle that egg in front of a candle to see, is there the seed of God? Is this truth? Is the seed of God, is there light in this egg? Is what this word has brought? Can we measure that? Can we say, yeah, that's that's the real thing? And if you can't, pitch it. Give it a kick. So everything we bring, we submit. And, you know, it, it talks about, you know, that, that the prophets come, two or three of them share. You know, you weigh it. And the other thing, Sean, is, is prophets are actually made to walk with the kings and the military leader. Not to just come and give a nice word to a, to a church or something. And I'm not saying that there are some that don't do that. But there's a governmental authority that comes in this realm that uh, it's not for everybody. I mean, it, it would be much easier to just say I'm a carpenter. You know, I'm, I'm a project manager. You know, we build things. That would be much easier. But we can, I cannot uh, withhold that which he's called us to release. Is there a room that's easy to walk into that people get it? Like, I, I actually think of, like, higher the higher you go up the government uh uh, structure is there like a room when you walk in? People just you know, there's like the prophet's chair, so to speak. <laughs> I I don't know if that's no, no. You know what, Sean? I mean, I go low. I what, mean, what do you mean? I go in low. I'm not look like. I'm just a guy. At the end of the day, I put my pants on just like you do, one leg at a time. Uh, I and guess I, I I don't mean it that way. I don't I don't mean it like of high office. What I mean is that they just understand what you're doing. Correct. Correct. Yeah, there are there are those that 
are much farther down the path than I am. And it is such an honor to walk with some of these fathers that know the lay of the land that you can share with, that they see into your life, that they bring accountability, that they make sure that I'm, you know, or the, the different ones in the, you know, around the table. There, there's a, a, it's a beautiful thing actually to have those that have gone before us and that are walking with us that uh, have been called and gifted for days like this. And they are out there, they're out there. Yeah, they are maybe a little more hidden, but they're out there. Is there anything else you want to make sure that gets said before I let you out of here? You know, it has been my honor to be able to join you. And, uh, you know, I know this is a real, you know, going out on a limb and a real stretch for you to have a guy like me on, on, on your, you know, on your platform. And I actually see that how you're being positioned, you're only getting started. Hmm. Your voice is going to only get much bigger because of the boldness and the courage that you've had to lay things open like you have. Well, I, I, you know, I, I'm, certainly some people will be put off because it's it's talking about Christian prophecy, right? Like uh, certainly from that standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. But like I look at some of the guests I've brought on over the course of 500 and whatever we're at, 40-some episodes, and I'm like, I don't know, um this is a, it's different certainly but like i've had people come on and where i'm like man i was i was i'm something i don't know what that was right mm-hmm. and um you fit more of that than let's say even steve holmstrom coming on and, and just talking or you know but once upon a time i had uh joshua allen on the cowboy preacher and he sat in here and uh you know, he was like, if you want to release it. And I'm like, well, if I want to release it, what are we talking about here? It's getting released. Like, I mean, uh, we have to talk about things that make us uncomfortable. This makes me uncomfortable. I don't know where I'm at with all of it. And that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's like, well, what was that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I don't have to all of a sudden uh, go no. screaming at the top of my lungs, nor does anyone else, right? Like, people, if people love it, <laughs> hopefully they share it. And if they don't love it, that's okay. Hopefully they, you know, they share it too. I don't know. Like, it's like at this point in time, we've been force fed so many different things. It's like, there's a whole bunch of us that have been walking around, not realizing that there's these conversations going on. Yeah. It's like, you know, when you think back in the olden days and prophets, it's like, it was there. You read the Bible. It's, it's there. It's like, oh, hmm. Yeah. Well, how do I feel about that? I don't know. But it's an interesting conversation. I I don't know. You know, like the fact you're talking about, you know, and they, for the conspiracy n- nerd or not, you know, like Project Looking Glass, the fact you bring that up is like, hmm, that's interesting because, like, we've all dabbled a little bit on that one. If you haven't, go dabble a little bit and you'll be like, huh. Yeah. I guess I never looked deep enough into it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and so as as we continue to, uh, to walk, you know, I mean, in humility and in grace and honor for one another, um, you know, I think we're going to see, I mean, we're already seeing it room after room as we travel. I mean, they're driving three, four hours to show up to hear what's going on. And the resonance, when they, they see this wall kick down before, you know, between the, 
you know, I'd say the secular and the sacred. When when they see that wall, you know, kicked down, that when you look in Canada's history, you know, I mean, we're founded on, you know, Judeo-Christian values, which have been largely, largely diminished. And God is not going to let that go, and our nation will not be forfeited. And so we may, may we all find ourselves obedient to those things that he's calling us to in our own lives and each of us making that little difference or big difference. Oh. Yeah. I look at it, you know, you look, you know, this beautiful land coming up today, I said, we're driving up. I love Canada. You see the big fields and the the grain and the cattle and the, I said, you know, you look at these combines, you know, every part in that combine is important, you know, to get that crop in. You know, which bearing aren't you going to grease? You know, because one bearing goes down, and you shut down the whole show. And so, I mean, as as people, may we all find, you know, our place to function to the best of our ability, laying down our lives for one another. And John, I'll tell you, you know, we will, and I, I am laying down my life for, you know, likes of Grant and the ones we run with and for the nation. Well, I appreciate you coming on and uh, and meeting you, you know. Um, anytime I get to do this, because I don't know how we would have done this over, you know, online. And saying that, you can do it. But, like, to sit in person and, and get to meet you, shake your hand and everything else. Uh, just appreciate you coming in. And uh, I, I'm very curious what the audience is going to say on this one. You Me know? too. Like, you know, <laughs> like, what, you know, because I, I, I mentioned your name a couple of times. And some people have definitely heard of you. Some people have never heard of you, right? And I, I would say there's going to be a healthy dose of Sean's out there that have no, had no idea this was coming, right? Right. And then they're going to sit and chew on that and go, hmm, that's yep. that's a lot there. Yeah. Either way, I appreciate you doing it in person because it's always better, and I don't yep. know how we would have done it any other way. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been my honor.